One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another Happy Pod with Nathan. You broke tradition. Ben intros. Ben intros when he's here. Wait, let's just start over. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another Happy Pod, the show where I do the intro whenever I'm the guest. This is a podcast where we talk about movies and pop culture things adjacent. Try to putting a happy spin on it, but not this time where it's going to be purely positive. Because holy shit, I'm joined by Lawrence and Nathan. Hello, everyone. How are we all doing? I'm very tired. I'm nervous. Why are you nervous, Ben? I'm nervous because we're talking about this fucking movie. Are you scared of this movie? Overwhelming. Does this movie... I am a little scared of this movie. I Okay. It, it spooks me that, that someone could make this and have it be so good. I, I'm, I'm generally hesitant to talk about my favorite movies. And being as this is maybe, I think, my favorite film of the year. You know, it puts a lot of pressure on yourself to defend why it's... Why it's your favorite thing, and try and summon it up and explaining it, even when you don't fully understand it. I I can I can relate to that, especially the um the not understanding part because I <laughs> am fresh off watching this movie, like within let's go within twenty minutes or so, fresh off watching this movie, and oh and God. oh boy, it's it's uh well there's there's stuff to talk about certainly. Lawrence, you have been praising this movie since the day it came yeah. out, and you haven't shut up about it for the past <laughs> ten months or whatever. So you must be pretty excited right now. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's an exciting time to talk about it. I think, especially, it's it's heavy in people's minds. It just got like somehow just got like eleven Oscar nominations, but it's somehow. So you don't like it? No, 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 no. I do, but I just it's not the type of thing the Oscars typically put forward. I'm in the same boat as Ben. I really like this. I'm not sure I fully understand it. I'm excited to explore it. And I also think there's no possible way I can do it justice because I don't know if I get it. (laughs) I definitely do not understand it. So I'm just going to throw that out there straight away. Okay, there's there's no ambiguity with me. Okay, I know there's, there's a deeper meaning to it. I know that what that deeper meaning is, I haven't figured it out. 
Yeah, maybe between the three of us we can crack it. <laughs> well, before we do that, I actually have a question for both of you. So Nathan, hit me Wait, with that. Wait, so you? Thing. Sorry, so you <gasps> have another happy question. You're, you're darn tootin', I do. I can barely hear the theme, which we've changed our audio setup this week, so I may have just interrupted it. You did it, and it was fine. Okay, thank God. Less editing. Um, basically, in this movie, we are treated to a, a plethora of alternate selves and multiversal skills. And I'd like to think I know both of you fairly well, but I would like to see what you two think the craziest alternate version of yourself would be doing or what skill you would be possessing in a in another multiverse somewhere, another universe. Could you be Dang. the world's best chef? Could you be uh, like an award-winning uh, dancer? I don't know. What is the craziest thing that you think is not too far removed from the realm of possibility, but also <laughs> something that I don't think you would ever do in real life? Does that make sense? Not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is the what is the most reasonable out there um, thing that Lawrence might not suspect that we would be possibly doing in another life? Yeah. Um, if you're if you're new here, that's what I do. I typically ask a question at the start of every episode, uh, and these two will have the whole time we're recording to think of their answers. So tune back in later on, or remain tuned to hear what they have to say and what their answers will be. Where do we want to start with this? I think I would like to know from Nathan what what you think the story was. What what do you think? Oh, what what happens in everything? Ever all at once? <laughs> You've just Sundayed him. You've just Sunday. Yeah, I'm Sunday. I'm Sundaying you. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> um, what do I think the story was? Okay, so Michelle Yeoh um, runs a laundromat with her family. They're getting audited by the IRS because they owe taxes, because America's tax system is a hellscape or something. Um, and then when they're going to do taxes, her husband is becomes a husband from another reality, another universe, the multiverse. And then he tells her... He needs her help for some reason. And then everything fucking goes nuts. And then it's just <laughs> relentless. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> jumping and and fighting, but not fighting. And then um, I, I don't know what the story was. <laughs> there, was <laughs> there was so much story and... And and metaphors and hot dogs and butt plugs and rocks and there was uh, so much stuff and I'm sure it all meant something. Um, <laughs> but I don't know what it was. I don't know what the story. For the, was. For the viewers at home, the listeners at home, Nathan squinted through the entirety of that rant. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite painful to watch all the thoughts formulate. Yeah. You were trying to find a way to bring it together, and it just wasn't landing. Um, yeah. All right. Sim similar question, Nathan. Not what the story was, because I know I texted Ben after I watched this for the first time, and I told him how I felt, and he felt similar. From what I can remember, he said he felt similar. Did you Did you have any, any sort of strong, particular emotional reaction to watching this? How, how How do you mean? Like, did it was it? Did it make me cry? Or what resonated with you? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I should before I before I get into that. I feel like I should probably say, um, I I as I mentioned, I watched this movie for the first time today. I hadn't seen it before. I'd heard 
pretty much nothing but good things about it for the past 10 months or so. If I'm honest, I'd heard from pretty much everyone who spoke about this movie that it was the best thing ever, that it was basically the second coming of Christ, that it was one of the greatest (laughs) movies ever made. And I think that did it a bit of a disservice to me because I was expecting, Mm. like, the Citizen Kane of... I've never seen Citizen Kane. It's probably shit. (laughs) But... I I did I was expecting something holier than thou, and then I don't know what I just watched, as I just mentioned. Um, so yeah. I'm not sure how I feel. It's good. It's a good movie. It was a it's a very enjoyable kind of way to spend two hours, and I did have <laughs> fun watching it. How did it emotionally resonate with me? See, this is the thing. See, like I said, it's trying it's trying to say something, and it's probably successful at saying something. But I, I don't know what it's saying though. This is the thing. I feel <laughs> I feel like the whole thing is some kind of metaphor about parenthood and learning to let go, but also not letting go and staying part of a family unit, but also giving them space to be them, but also not doing that. So I don't know. I'm not a parent. <laughs> I'm barely a kid. I'm barely a child to a parent. So like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I have one more question before okay. we, we'll, we'll start talking, but I wonder who, which character resonated with you the most? Oh, that's good, yeah. Um, probably Jamie Lee Curtis. She was very angry and just like, and was just, and just wanted to punch everyone. That's so funny. Well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll, just as part of a read of this, I think that the structure of this movie is, it is one of those films where the characters are pillars where each character represents an idea and is a strong point of view that interrogates one overall concept. Mm-hmm. And so which character you respond to, I think communicates something that you got out of it. So that's a, that's a way for me to lead into that. So oh. having thought about that, I'd love to know. Out of everyone, and it's probably easier because she is essentially the main character, but Michelle Yeoh um, was... I, I don't know. I can't give you a straight reason why because, again, I don't know. But mm. for some reason, I, w- I would say I would relate to her uh, the most in terms of what's going on. Probably because she she's obviously very confused for a lot of this movie and that's relatable (laughs) but she's also someone you know who she clearly loves her family her husband her daughter her father but she also struggles with that love as well she struggles with loving her family she struggles with her family and and i feel like everyone can relate to that so that's that's uh yeah that's something so i i would like to start by saying that um me and the daniels have never really gotten along. They they made Swiss Army Man. Oh, which the kind of Harry Potter makes fart sense. Movie. If you've seen yeah. it, dead dead Harry Potter yeah. fart movie. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, I watched that movie a while ago, and I remember being like, "Wow, I'm so glad somebody made this," but I didn't feel like an emotional connection to it. Mm, yeah, partly because they they work in a lot of absurdity in their filmmaking, and I think what really serves this film is that absurdity. The absurdity of the form is baked into the text of the story. So they work harmoniously. The absurdity of it feeds into its themes on, let's say, nihilism um, and, and combating existential dread. Yeah. And that, that, to me, is really what makes it super effective and why I think it's reached more people than Swiss Army Man did. And I personally, I'm, 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 I, would, I, don't, I know the Oscars sort of are their whole thing, but I, I genuinely feel this like deserves Best Picture as far as the time it was made the the resources that were 
like the, the small amount of resources that were given to it, the, the sheer creativity and, and also the story of, of these sort of legendary Hollywood stars that have kind of have some sort of comeback. Like, I think that this is the kind of thing that the Oscars deserves to honor mm. as far as cultural impact, not necessarily the best film of the year. Um, I don't know what I would, I have no way of judging that. It's unusual, isn't it? Because I, I, I'm, I was, when I first watched it, I was in a similar boat to Nathan. I, I think it, it 100% benefits from seeing it twice. Definitely. But like, again, it's one of the movies where it took me about 10 months to go back and watch it again. Like, because it's, it's such a, it's, it's a whole lot of movie to quote, to quote James, who mentioned it um, when he, when he guested on our 100th special. um, He said, I think there comes to a point where you might think you're too old for movies. Um, And and I I, like, I resonate with that quite a lot. Um, It's the equivalent of throwing so many ideas at a wall. But for me, they all land. I don't think I'm smart enough to have picked up on every single thing that they've presented or everything that they were putting forward because it, it, the point about pillars is absolutely bang on because everyone represents something different and they all kind of... The way they integrate with each other is they're all... All of their relationships matter in different ways to different people and it's it's so... It's such a fucking maze of a, of a <laughs> script to, to, like, work out... Like, it's not just dialing in on one theme. It's, like, nihilism and, like, nothing matters. Or does that... Does, you know, the other fl- flip of the coin, the yin and yang of it, have always... Like, it does everything matter because nothing matters? And it... it, it it's heavy. It's, it's very heavy. And I, I think dialing in on it a second time round, I didn't get confused more. I zeroed in on shit more, but I found more things to be confused by as well. <laughs> so like, I'm going to have to go for round three at some point, but I don't know when the fuck that'll be. I mean, I think like the, the second viewing adds so much because you actually, the first viewing is, is literally overwhelming. It's, yeah. it's throwing so much information and the sheer visual noise that it's throwing at you. It's really hard to kind of process it so it's not even like because there's a twist and turn it'll make you see the whole movie another way because you know the ending it's like no you're actually processing it able to process it <laughs> yeah okay here's some themes if you want me to throw out nathan um sure. that i've sort of responded to that that i've kind of i've kind of spent some time thinking about it but i'm nervous to talk about it <laughs> but um this is a safe space ben bring it forward yeah so i think that this film is about combating uh gen z's toxic nihilism mm. that's that's okay. the main core theme that I think that that a generation, um, you know, more advanced in their freedoms and abilities and resources, just informationally um, via the internet, gain a sort of there's something that snap that can snap in you when you're young and you have this much information. And what's facing this current generation is a truly understanding a, a true understanding of how our systems are all controlling us, how little power we have, but also the like unbelievable variety of things that you can do if because you can do anything. Yeah. You can really, there, there's, there's very little limitation on what you can pursue mm. as far as like a career or a life. Um, and it leaves a lot of Gen Z grasping for like some ident- sense of identity. I think that's, that's what it represents if it's supposed to represent. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I think it's a really relevant movie. As for this point, what do you think about that, Nathan? <laughs> uh, great, thanks, Ben. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I can actually see that, especially you know, with the with the character of Joy, uh, Michelle Yeoh's daughter and stuff. She is definitely quite nihilistic about uh, well, a lot a lot of stuff. And someone who has the power that she has, the power to tra- traverse multiverses at the click of a finger. Not well, not even just 
to just instantaneously be in another universe to turn someone in front of her into confetti or dildos or <laughs> literally whatever she can think up in her mind. She can do literally fucking anything. And then because of that, she wants to die, I think. Is is she because yeah, because essentially. because of everything is presented to her on a silver platter, it's just like but okay, but I've done everything now. So like, what what else is there? This it's meaningless essentially. Yeah. You've you've given me everything, but in doing so, that means there's nothing left to give me. Um, there's nothing yeah. to strive towards. There's nothing to to live for, yeah. basically. So that's what the everything bagel is. It's it's when you put she takes she has everything on handed to her on a platter, like you said. Yeah, and then she puts all of that onto on a bagel one singular object. Yeah, and it results in this profound realization mm. that if i can put if i can fit everything into there if i'm a god then what she ends up realizing is that then nothing matters i i can see what the daniel is it the daniels yeah i can see what the daniels are saying with that because we because of these fucking things we do have literally everything <laughs> in our pocket we have like we can do so much shit with this i'm holding up it's a, a phone it's a way. phone for the audio listeners <laughs> yeah. i just realized this is an audio podcast <laughs> yeah because, because of these we can do so much shit we can do fucking anything that we couldn't do 10 15 years ago and how many times are you just sat throughout the day bored just trying to think of stuff to do and you're just like well what can i do really and it's yeah. just it's insane mm -hmm. when you think about it so uh yeah yeah that's that's there you go you connect with this movie i, connect, I did it, <laughs> I, it I, I figured it out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think there's it, there's definitely there's definitely saying they're definitely saying something by um michelle Yeoh's character the the mother evelyn is is obviously quite a little bit older than her daughter joy um and she she strives she strives to make something more of her life she feels like she's gotten to this point she's made every like it's quite literally said to her in kind of a brutal fashion every single disappointing choice that an evelyn could have made you've made and it and it's <laughs> and it's it's led you to be the least impressive version of yourself out of fucking millions of versions of yourself um brutal. and there's definitely something in her trying to strive to to experience something different there's moments in this where like she kind of snaps back to her reality and she'd literally rather be fighting someone with dildos than having to speak about her emotions and divorce papers with her husband. She's like, no, 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 take me back to the fight. Like, you, she'd rather be there than actually having to <laughs> confront shit she puts off in her own life just to feel like she hasn't become a complete failure. And then the flip of that is um, is Joy, who is handed um, everything, like, like we said about the bagel, um, and has the opportunity to see so much but doesn't know how to fill the time because when you have everything, you also essentially have, like Nathan said, there's nothing more to gain. It's 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 an interesting juxtaposition in the sense that she, she has a lovely quote in this. I can't remember the exact phrasing of it, but it's something along the lines of um, every everyone everywhere is always begging for your attention. So you can never be 100% committed to one thing. It's really interesting to me that for Evelyn, the world is so quiet and dull, and for Joy, it's so overwhelmingly loud. Um, mm. And and both of them have just ended up in the exact same place for it. They both feel just completely emotionally and I guess mentally understimulated and like underwhelmed by what life has to offer for them. Despite one of them having everything and one of them having nothing, and it's 
it's why I guess Joy succumbs so quickly to everything until the emotional pillar of the film, in my opinion, Waymond um, brings out his excellent, you know, it's, I'm not naive to the fucking, the complexities of life. It's just a tactical choice that I make to be a good person. Like how crazy is that in this world? (laughs) Someone tries to be nice. It's mental. I've never felt so seen. Like that was like really <laughs> spooky to me to watch. Cause no, I I felt I've always felt like Ben's a nice guy. Everyone, Ben's one of those <laughs> no, nice guys. Like, <laughs> the not not kindness so much because I, I do struggle with that, but more optimism, a kind of like flippant joy at, yeah. at things is sort of like how I have conducted a lot of myself like growing up, and and a lot of people sort of seem to sometimes seem to view that as foolish. Mm. That if you're happy, then you must not be smart or you're super privileged, which yeah. could be fair. But like you're not emotionally switched on just because you attempt to see the good. Yeah. Like glass half full is being dumb and, and naive. Yeah. It's putting blinders on to the top half of the glass. Yeah. That's, that's sort of. Yeah. And, and, and sort of that idea of like, no, this is a calculated decision. You know, like my my answer to maybe nothing matters has been, well, then everything matters. Just that's that's always been an instinctual mm. thing that I've grown up with. But it, it struggles because I struggle with it because. Um, of how th- the difficulty to rationalize it to people who um, don't feel that way. Yeah. You know? And so when he made that speech, when, when uh, Wayman makes that speech, I was just like, oh God, like, oh, oh. <laughs> like it was, it was spooky. Cause it's not something I've ever thought about, but to see that portrayed really gave me a, a, a spooky moment. Hashtag spooky. <laughs> Um, and it was very, it was very self gratifying to have that be the the reason that ev- the, the the solution to everything was <laughs> Ben. You know the way you are. You're that. You're right. <laughs> it's like, damn it. The directors reached out ego. of the frame and went, "Good job, Ben. Yeah. You you're one of the good ones." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nathan, Anyways. A, a question I have for you because me and Ben are both on the second viewing. You're obviously having having fresh out of a first viewing. Right. Keep in mind. This movie, it's A24, it had a, I mean, it had a, a reasonable budget. I don't want to say something like, I think it was like 90 million. That's no small sum of money. <laughs> no, that's... Um, was it nine? No way. I'm, I'm fairly certain it was fairly small, yeah. D- double check that. I thought it was nine million. Shut the... F- if that was nine million, then I'll be fucking gobsmacked. I'm pretty... Hang on. Oh, it was $25 million. Holy damn. Pennies. Okay. Oh my god. So, so, Nathan, keep in mind this movie was kind of... I guess that's a like for modern day movies, for movies to have done as well as this one has, that's a shoestring budget. And given that it, this this reached so far, like so many people saw this movie, and it, I don't even think it had a massive marketing push. It was just a lot of it was word of mouth, and then once they realised massive. the word of mouth traction was yeah. picking up. I don't think I ever saw a single trailer ad or even like on fucking you know twitter or tiktok or anything uh, an ad for this movie literally everything i've heard about it has been from word of mouth with with all of that in mind uh the question i have for you it's not even that interesting i suppose it's how how accessible do you think this is (laughs) yeah yeah i struggle with that one when you would say accessible just just give me a quick rundown the first when i first viewed this to me it got to a point where I found the emotional, like we, like we've been talking about, the overall points and thesis of the movie. I found so overwhelming that there came a, an actual point in the movie. I went, I'm not gonna get this this time round. I'm just not. Yes. Like there's there yes. is no point me holding onto this because I can't grasp it. I don't have the tools to grasp it yet. I need to understand more. And I think that's because the plot is is it, it, it take it, it wastes absolutely zero time because Wayman comes in. He's like. There's more of you. We're doing this. The world is fucked. All the worlds are fucked. Okay. Move on. Um, but I guess 
my accessible point is in terms of when, when you break it down to its core simplicities, like with the relationship with Evelyn, Joy, Waymond, do you think that there is enough here on a first viewing to make it not too overwhelming, to, to zero in on, if that makes sense? So, um, Tenet, Christopher Nolan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is a movie that I, I do not enjoy, and I've, I've mentioned it many times. I don't Stay like tuned, listeners. Movie. We have not transitioned to a different episode. <laughs> we are still on this episode. <laughs> a, la- a large part of why I don't like it is because I don't think it's accessible at all. I think it's, uh, my personal opinion, is it is it's a movie which tries, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but it's a movie which tries too hard to be intelligent. Uh, It tries too hard to confuse its audience rather than just presenting something that that they can, you know, sink their teeth into and enjoy. It tries to one-up them and make them feel... uh, less intelligent, basically. That's that's how I see that movie, anyway. Um, This is an intelligent movie... And it does also make you feel confused, but I I wouldn't say that it's it's um, inaccessible like Tenet is. To be honest, I wouldn't say that it's inaccessible at all because I think there's a lot you can find within this movie and have fun mm. with. Even the stupid shit like fucking dudes trying to shove butt plugs up their ass. Like, who's not going to enjoy that? Like, who who's yeah. who's watching this and not having the time of their lives? Okay, because yes, it is intelligent and emotional and deep and thought provoking and all this stuff. But it's also incredibly fucking silly, and it's you know giving you good things to laugh, good stupid things to laugh at, and all that stuff. So I, I would say that it is quite accessible in that sense, in a lot of sense, really, because you get in a touch of everything with this. You get in sci-fi with the multiverse shit. You get in good fun comedy with the you know dicks and butt plugs and all this shit. You get in a really heartfelt emotional story. <laughs> the pillars of comedy are dicks and butt plugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're getting so much in, in a single package, really. So, so yeah, I would say it's accessible. What, what, was your fir- what was your first viewing like, Ben? My first viewing uh, was um, a sheer emotional, overwhelming uh, experience. Like, I, I, I didn't fully understand how the mechanics worked. I didn't really get um, how the ending happened, but the... I, the visual representation of what was going on emotionally was very resonant with me. Yeah. So I, I, I weeped and wept, sorry. And, um, and then I walked out and I felt like I could, I could see other universes, which is one of my favorite <laughs> elements of some of these sci-fi stories. When, when you feel like you've gained the power, when it like raises your awareness <laughs> level, yeah. you know, like it shows you something from a perspective and you're like, oh, I see the world differently now. Yeah. I lived in that for a bit afterwards, and uh, and yet I felt too scared to go back because it it it's uh it's spooky, and and even this time I, I did have to pause the movie at a certain point because the way that Evelyn falls into the nihilism, I was just like I need a drink, so I went to go to, to go to a bar, had a margarita, I shit you not, and then I went back and I finished the movie. I just like it was it's it's so visceral in the way and, wow. and unflinching in the way it explores these emotions I love, I love how you would just like you left your house to go to a bar <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I um, yeah but but uh, on the second viewing I really started to understand the mechanics and so I've actually been able to enjoy it more on a intellectual level as well and as a structural level yeah um, but as far as like whether or not I received I think the emotional core of it absolutely 
Yeah. I think because that rose above any sort of, like, I, I'm good at turning kind of my brain off if I need to. And this is one where I didn't need to, but I also needed to at the same time because <laughs> yeah. of how overwhelming it is. Yeah, I think there's there's an element of it which is very much like, I think you can view it the first time in two ways. Well, firstly, you can be incredibly smart and get it. Because, like, like, they wrote this. It's in someone's mind fully formed. Like, they know yeah. everything in it. Um, I, I feel like, yeah, you can either, you can either access it from a simple plot perspective or you can, like, like Ben said, kind of turn off, turn off the, the desire to understand every plot mechanic and then just kind of let the emotions take you. I was, um, I, I didn't, this is, this sounds so, oh, oh, I love films and I'm wanky, but like, <laughs> we go. It, no, but I like genuinely, I think I spoke to you after this, Ben, as well. I just I didn't have the words to describe it. I was honestly just like, I have no fucking idea yeah. what that was, <laughs> but it feels yeah. so heavy on me right now. Once you get over the initial fuck, this is heavy. Like, what did you what did you dial in on that you were a big fan of? Uh, I love Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh has always been one of my favorite actors because she's so good in anything that she's in, even um, that terrible brexit christmas movie that you love she's she's great in that as well <laughs> okay this <laughs> is a movie a movie called last christmas it's about brexit and christmas and lawrence loves it for some reason it's 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 fun it's wait is that is that the one with with uh what's her name amelia clark yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, does Michelle Yeoh play Henry Golding's mother again? No, no, no. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Jesus. No, they, they, so she's, yeah, like, I mean, we, we've done an episode on it, but I think that was when our audio quality was fucking ass. so feel free to, uh, to ignore it. But it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, she plays a character called Santa who, like, runs a, a novelty Christmas shop. But, and for some reason, the music, uh, the, the, the movie is kind of set to the soundtrack of Wham!, um yeah and and it, oh. and, it, and not to sp- not to spoil it but it basically takes one lyric from a wham song and goes we found the plot of the movie <laughs> oh okay yeah I see. very yeah. strange right. but yeah sorry nathan go on um yeah so i love michelle yo she is truly incredible in this um it's shot really well there's um it's it's a beautiful looking movie um and especially for you know it's it's 25 million dollars it's not a sh- it's not a short amount of money at all um but these days i don't think that necessarily gets you far in terms of vfx and that sort of stuff but somehow mm. this still looks incredible don't get me wrong it's not cgi fucking heavy or anything um but the you know the well, I guess it's editing more than anything, but the shots of her like hopping between the universes and everything like that, the quick montages and transitions, all looks fucking sublime. Um, the humor's really good. Um, it's ridiculous and absurd and stupid, but I like that. I'm a big fan of Auntie Donna for a reason because that's what they are. Um, so, so yeah, I loved all that. that that's the YouTube equivalent of this movie. <laughs> it's is, Auntie yeah. Donna. I, and I think the fucking the joke which I loved the most was like the recurring thing about uh, raccoon raccoonie as in not ratatouille yeah ratatouille um, instead of ratatouille and then there's a universe where that's actually a fucking thing there's the chef with the fucking raccoon under his hat that fucking killed me that was so funny um, and that guy was on Glee as well so that's great that's always yeah, good yeah, to yeah. see um, good yeah to see um, what else did I enjoy and and again just the the emotional heart of it all although I didn't fully understand it and there's some dots which I still need to connect and I definitely need 
to watch it again at some point. I still, you still get the sense of the emotion. You still know there's there's shit going on that you can react to and and have a connection with. Um, and so yeah, definitely all the stuff with with uh, Joy and and Michelle Yeoh was was really good to see. I I think as far as like the technical work on this it's just cracked like yeah. i'm and this is what this is what's almost like frustrating artistically and also scary about it is just <laughs> how how can you do this yeah. like i i've this is stuff that i've wanted to see in film for so long and i've never seen it at this like level of quality and care and the fact that you can jump from so many universes and each one is fleshed out with its own production design like blew my mind. I think that's that's one of my fav- one of my biggest snubs for this movie is that it didn't get a nom for production design. Yeah, it, it, I'm like, really annoyed. It's gonna take the cake for everything else, but like that is such yeah. a deserving category for it, and it just wasn't there. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, that house in the in the hot dog fingers universe, like, geez, that that house is so that could be the that looked like the set of the father. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, just, yeah. you know, yeah. you just okay, you made the father. Wow, like this is such a fucking undertaking because. From the the Daniels, uh, or just Daniels, which is such, so. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Weird to say in sentence. Yeah. Daniels are known for this. Um, but it, they're, they're known mostly from the Harry Potter farting movie, like we spoke about, the dead Harry Potter farting movie. And also like some short that they put on YouTube where one of them like <laughs> does a prank both the directors are in this short, Nathan. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, and one of the Daniels goes to like fart on the other Daniel's face while he's asleep. And the other Daniels wakes up, kicks him in the ass, And then the rest of the short film is about him slowly being sucked into the ass of the other Daniels. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and like it gets to the point where like he is like basically neck out of his asshole and he's like don't no help me like it's it's <laughs> fucking funny. it's insane but yeah. what i think is crazy about this is is this is such like to go from that to this is such a fucking heavy undertaking they clearly got their shit right and i love i love the fact that they are they're known for doing silly things and but they play that stupidity and absurdity with such a sincere backbone to it like they don't they don't let the comedy of it undermine the emotional impacts because, like, the, the the alternate universe with the hot dog fingers, where um where Jamie Lee Curtis's character and Evelyn are um are like together or married, I guess. Um, she, like they come home and like she's using her feet to play a fucking what, what's the name of that song, Ben? The classical song. Oh, Claire de Lune. Yeah, that she's using her fucking feet and her toes to play Claire de Lune, and she's like, "Play something for me," and it's a fucking sweet moment, and I cried at someone playing the piano with their feet. 
Like it's it. I just think it takes a serious level of fucking skill to pull that off. It is very dumb. I just clicked on this guy um, on IMDb, one of the Daniels, Daniel Shiner, Skynet, um, Shiner, um, and he's in the movie. I think he's the guy who like was getting mm. the BDSM shit done to him. Yep. Yeah. yeah the 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 other yeah. Daniel is in it as well. At some point, I think he gets oh, like his head melted or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that that's that's what's so wonderful about this particular movie that's so suited to them is that the absurdity it, it presents itself to be and it is really funny and wacky and zany but it, then it it uses that to communicate how insane you would go mm. if you saw these things it takes it almost seriously from a character perspective like part of the plot is that the main character goes insane at a certain point yeah. <laughs> um, at at you know and and so all all the wacky zany stuff that's happening around her all pertain to the infinite possibilities of a multiverse and potential and that is baked into the story and and that man i i really don't know how they're going to top this because <laughs> with it with how perfectly suited it is to them and their perspectives and their bleeding mm. hearts mm. and their you know love for absurdism and, and comedy and and how yeah. much joy they take in that it's it's oh quick just question following on from that do they need to go up from this do they need to top this or <laughs> is it okay to say <laughs> no that's true this is this is the premium let's let's just do something else yeah i well i i feel like if i was them if i was them i'd genuinely feel like okay we nailed it we don't have to worry anymore mm. like we we we've proved it right so i i i just feel like if if they are feeling that they have to top this i i fear for them but you know it i i don't I, you're absolutely right like just the fact that it exists is, is the ultimate victory i've just seen that jenny slate's character is actually called big nose which is oh so <laughs> oof <laughs> yeah, there's a few, there's a few, um, there's a few personal digs in this as well. Like um, one of one of my favourite moments in this is when um, um, it, it's not. I think I used it as like the 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 next time tease of what we were doing in last week's episode is when like Evelyn is having such a hard time communicating with Joy, and she goes over and she's like, "Wait, I need to talk to you." And um, and and Joy turns around. She's clearly just exhausted. She wants to go home, um, and Evelyn just blanks and goes. You need to eat healthier. You're getting fat, and it's just like, yeah, was, <laughs> just like it just it like yeah. The insults are funny, but it also just nails the fact that there's such a family divide. Like there's just mm-hmm. like there is there is a generational difference in how you, in how you speak to like parents, but also just people older than you. Like I guess you can feel not heard or very much like ignored. And I I don't I can't speak to this experience, but it's like. There's there's definitely an element of um, like uh, immigration in this and how mm-hmm. like in Asian families in particular probably yeah and and, and like obviously I again I'm, I'm not going to have any specific fucking take on that um, but I think it does communicate very much so that like like the um, what 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 do they call the the grandpa call him the grandpa <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's the safer choice but um, the I I love that it's also um, it, it it it's making such a comment on um on kind of generational torment and how the parents um how parents kind of inflict their their own like i guess like burdens of life onto their children and they they strive to want mm-hmm. the best for them but the best can always always come with overbearing pressure um and it's and it's not welcomed and 9 times out of 10 it's like just let me live my own life but i i i love that <laughs> Even across different multiverses, um, like the grandpa is more willing to kill Joy, um, or like Joe Butapaki in 
in other universes. Uh, like, it just, there's, I think that's quite layered, but I wondered if you guys, like, I'm sure you picked up on it, but, like, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, well, this sort of, I, I'm going to take that further, if you don't mind, Nathan. Uh, no, and, please. And try, and try and blow your mind with the themes of this movie. <laughs> but for me, I think a, a huge theme and is is the idea of crossing generational boundaries mm. that um this this sort of main thing that if it you know the, the art art and film, cinema deals in metaphor it simultaneously is literal what you're seeing and it also is meant to communicate something else by honing in on something specific evelyn has trouble with the fact that her daughter is gay um she just doesn't understand it doesn't even think that it's real. She even says to her, like, that you're like, oh, Joe Butabaki, that's the reason my daughter thinks she's gay. Which <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> is so funny. But, um, you know, you can view this sort of uh, sexuality as a spectrum. And when you expand beyond your binary view, then it can feel like entering a multidimensional, you know, it, 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 uh, it's a multidimensional feeling where you kind of see that, oh, everyone's like, um, it, it's not a concrete set of desires and beliefs and orientations or anything or identities. It, it's it's a, a massive soup where anyone can be anything. <laughs> yeah. And so that that is a, a clear way to read multiversal travel. Now, and you can take that even further because of the fact that Evelyn discovers her sexual spectrum by going to a universe where she, in fact, is gay, which opens her up to oh, accepting I didn't think about or understanding this. her daughter. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, so essentially, okay, so now here, here's the big brain shit. So <laughs> um, you can view this as, as, I think, Evelyn trying to understand her daughter by becoming like her, right? She, um, her daughter's launched into new ideas, new ways of being that her generation has let, kind of open, let her see and observe and decide what she wants for herself. Evelyn has to open herself up to that, look into other universes, look into other possibilities, see a new way of seeing things as every generation comes up with new philosophies and new ways of seeing the world. And mm -hmm. there's always a conflict between that because there's a value in tradition, that, but tradition is dead if it doesn't have new innovation. So Evelyn swims into the multiverse, <laughs> becomes uh, open to Joy's new ideas, but when faced with the conclusion of Joy in nihilism, she then comes back with her, back with her wisdom and tradition and loyalty, foundations and things that she has learned over her years, her many years of living, that is true older generation wisdom that she gives back to Joy. Mm. So, they, so jo Evelyn has to go over to Joy's side and, and see the world in new ways, in ways she doesn't yet fully understand. And then once she does, Joy has to go back to her mom. And that is the generational crossing that... that we sometimes lack and that we struggle with and maybe mm. in society we sort of struggle with in like Tory politics <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it's a lot of just frustration at the youths and their crazy ideas and but it's also sort of understanding a value in the older generations when there is actual wisdom there and not just bigotry yeah mm. <sighs> so that's that's another huge kind of cultural theme that I, I i haven't seen explored so succinctly and why i think it deserves best picture <laughs> <laughs> i am that's what old people struggle with. Yeah. You know, that's why they text weird. You know, there's a, there's a lack of understanding yeah. of what it is that the younger generations are going through. And it, it, it might have to start with the old with the older generation crossing, discovering the new and then be, being able to once you can speak the same language, then you can actually communicate with them mm. and, and yeah. share your wisdom. So we're fucked, man. <laughs> there's, there's no way every, yeah. Yeah, yeah, every yeah. adult on the planet. Well, th that's maybe up to us. That's maybe up mm. to our generation who grew up with the Internet so that we can teach 
like some of the more meaningful elements of life that we learn along our journey to the other our kids and who live in who grow up in the internet yeah and try and make sure that we save them from the bagel to to save your daughter is to understand her first and then hug her you know joy joy would have never accepted that and before and that that beauty of sort of that that oh man what i love about this is that it's not about the the multiverse isn't going to get destroyed the the tension is that she's going to kill herself and we don't want that yeah you know it's a singular it's a singular problem that they're solving and that makes it so much more meaningful and the idea that you oh man the imagery of just those planets colliding as (laughs) as two as two people hug each other that's that's the meaning of it that's human connection that will save us that will save our generation that will save our society fuck me this movie Here, here, here! Ben is giving the most beautiful and intelligent and thought-provoking points. And my next thing that I'm <laughs> gonna say is, I almost turned this movie off when it got to the end segment. So, oh, really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which end? Which end? Which end? It's the, the fake out well, end, isn't it? Yeah, the fake out, like the movie. Oh, ends the end. In the cinema. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, great. Uh, they they got me. There was, there was about 30 solid seconds where I was like, that was a weird ending. And also the movie That's wasn't so that funny. long. I thought it was longer. How emotionally underwhelmed were you when you thought that that was the end of the story? Quite, quite a lot. I was like, That's pretty shit. This is what everyone's yeah. been going on about for the past 10 months or whatever. Um, yeah. Just an hour of set up to themes and then going, we're done now. <laughs> they killed them. They both killed each other or whatever. Um, I, I did like the the, the movie that... Oh, I, I, I don't know if it makes any sense at all, but the movie that Michelle Yeoh was watching as a famous woman, as Michelle Yeoh, I guess. Well, not as Michelle Yeoh, but as mm-hmm. a famous person, was... You, you say that. One of the multiverse shots is her... Um, one of the multiverse shots Crazy is Rich place, Asians um, is, premiere. yeah. The red yeah, carpet for crazy that. rotations. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's just B-roll, though, isn't it? That's just. Oh yeah. Well, they actually initially, initially, fun fact, they wanted her to be named Michelle. Oh um, really? And Michelle Yeoh fought against that, and so the idea is that if she's Michelle Yang, I think is yeah. So her name would be Michelle Yang, and yeah. sort of this idea that she married into someone else's last name, but she is actually like her name is Michelle oh, okay. Yeoh. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> and that and and Michelle Yeoh fought against that. Michelle was like, listen. If we make this about me, then it can't yeah. be about everyone anymore. So we have to create a new character. Give me a new name or I'm walking away She's from the good. project. That was like She's a hard good. line she drew. Yeah. I love it. And then it becomes a true immigrant story in that way. Yeah. Which yeah, is, you know, true. again, again, adds to the specificity of the character, which makes you care about them more. And also yeah. is kind of a little metaphor for those things of when you're an immigrant, you travel to a new country, you think about what if, you think about the life you left behind. Yeah. Like, it's so integrated. Mm-hmm. This movie's very integrated to itself. Nathan, what do you think of um, the two, I, I would say, main leads, at least for the kind of first half, and then it kind of switches to Evelyn and Joy. Um, but um, everything the movie's doing with Evelyn and Wayman's relationship, like, what would you make of all that stuff? It's sad, and it's <laughs> sweet, yeah. and it's beautiful, and it's heartbreaking, and it's uh, it's a lot of things. Um uh, it's it's obviously very entertaining and interesting to to watch how it how it plays out. The first time like we see the the divorce papers and shit, I was quite taken aback because I'm like oh, I was not getting that vibe at all. Like things are this bad, things are you you're ending this, 
And then, like, mm. I, I, I'd heard a lot of stuff about how, like, this relationship was the crux of the movie and stuff, um, which I don't think necessarily was the case, but um, it's, it's clearly an important factor to it. Um, and, and yeah, just the way it played out, I think that there was one beautiful line, which I think probably shows up on, like, you know, like, Twitter edits on, like, people's ships and all that sort of stuff. But uh, <laughs> the line he says in... Um, in the universe where they didn't get together, um, where she's the actress or whatever, but he says something oh, to the effect of, um, in another life, I would have enjoyed doing laundry and taxes with you or something like that. And that, that's just beautiful. That's just so... Here we both are. I'm kind of successful, I guess, because I'm wearing a suit and I'm at a premiere. You're this amazing actress. <laughs> we yeah. have, like, we have these amazing lives. But what could have been in, a, in another world where just two people with hardly a penny to our name doing laundry and taxes and that is everything to me that's that's what i want so yeah that's that's such a, a beautiful line it's almost yeah. frustrating as well because that line like this this movie is aggressively online like this like i mean that, that's not that's not a fault of the movie that's i guess that's a fault of just kind of like the way i guess some people uh like treat the the consumption of of art and how they express it i guess is is something i love that line that's genuinely one of my favorite lines ever put on screen and I think it's delivered in such an emotional way it comes at the perfect point in the movie where it hits you like a fucking emotional train um and then just just to see it absolutely everywhere for 10 months is just, I was wor- <laughs> yeah. I was so worried when it came up again when I watched it a second time that it was going to just take the meaning out but I was crying again and I was like fuck it's a, a yeah. testament to that it's like do you remember when one division which I, I still think is a is a great show but do you remember when they had that one line about what is what love, is uh, love, grief, if love, or, grief if not love yeah. persevering yeah a lovely quote but do you remember how annoying everyone was about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well i i that's that's one of the benefits i think and maybe sort of i know nathan you said that it's not inaccessible but i think that something about mm-hmm. the overwhelming nature of it sort of it's confronting and in the information age where we have so much shit thrown at us to have a bunch of concentrated shit thrown at you and then pointing directly to a profound sense of meaning then that that's what we can use to communicate and that and that's what's valuable about it at this point yeah. um so that, i i see that totally effective you know mm-hmm. and and it's yeah the overwhelming nature of it is is not a hindrance i don't think maybe to old people but you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> i'm just i'm kind of just like picturing my dad watching the scene where you know like if you watch this in a dark like i watched it in the cinema and then i also like shut my curtains to watch it um and i like was watching it in a dark space for both of them and um, I'm just kind of picturing what it would look like to watch, to be a fly on the wall when my dad could be watching a, <laughs> a, a moment like where the um, the multiple Evelyns are getting to the point where like they must be on screen for less than like a fucking millisecond each and every one, like one frame maximum um, yeah. for like all of them. And it's like the amount of colors is there. The music is so overwhelmingly fucking loud and the sound effects are so jarring. I'm just trying to picture a world where my dad looks at that and, and like has any other reaction other than perhaps a heart attack or something. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a funny story about that. Actually, my mom uh, went to see this by herself. Yeah. And I was like, mom, you have to tell me what you thought about this. <laughs> and, um, and she had the funniest 
thought about it. For one, she was like, I was really surprised that all the kids kind of walked out of the theater and they were talking to each other, being like, I've got to go call my mom. She was really surprised <laughs> by that. Yeah. Which I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, well, because I know this. I know the meaning. That, that the meaning is something that I think about because I'm of the age of this character and I've been through life and I've been through ups and downs and the the amount of time I've lived has given me this perspective that, you know, nothing matters, but everything does. And so when she reaches out to her daughter, I'm like, yeah, so that's how it works. It didn't really have an emotional impact. But what really got her was that she she had to she has still not gotten over hot dog fingers. As soon as that happened, it broke her yeah. in the cinema. And I don't know if it like disconnected her, but that was one thing she just could not read at all. And then all she was left with was a message and it wasn't anything super profound to her because it's like the older generations, which is what's valuable about an older generation is that they they have all this experience and a, and a perspective that we as younger people can never, cannot have yet. Mm. We are not privy to that. And that was really interesting to me. A, a young, uh, how an older person can like, oh yeah, this is this is old news, but what the fuck hot dog fingers? And yeah. that's kind of her big takeaway. <laughs> I don't know. I think that adds that adds weight to the, the, the generational thing. And why I think this movie is made for young people and, and why yeah. you know, a, 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 an intelligent film made for young people doesn't come around very often. I'd like to bring uh, attention just like to the idea of uh, Wayman's sort of main thesis, I think, is that we have to be kind, especially when we don't know what's going on. Yeah. And that works okay. for watching the movie and it works for life and that simple truth. Um, as, as trite as it is, the movie is overwhelmed to the point where you're like, you're, you're lulled into its sort of spell and you mm. understand the, the weight of that truth. That notion, I've, I, I rarely see it expressed well. Yeah. Because you know, it's so trite. But when you layer a bunch of shit on top of it, and then that's your solution, it's so much more profound. For me, it helps me as the way in to this story. Because yeah, yeah. It, like when you when you watch it, it's it, it focuses on um, Wayman and Evelyn's relationship first, and then Joy is brought in to kind of serve from the second act through to the end. Um, yeah. Once Wayman, because Wayman is is heavily prominent in the the first act rather than the the back ends, um, and I think that, that that how the movie communicates their relationship and like how it's so clearly saying this is not about love. This is about the capacity I think for patience you can have for people, um, and how much time and energy you're willing to expend on someone, especially when they're not giving you what you want. Um, or what you think that you're like you deserve of um, as as maybe just respect levels because um, it's it, there's moments in this where it's like it, it shows you divorce papers and then yeah. Alpha Waymond comes in who is a far more <laughs> kind of like I mean it, he's it's not sly like he's called Alpha Waymond for fuck's sake like it's, <laughs> it's not fucking subtle uh, he is supposed to be. Waymond at his the hot one. Yeah, he's the sexy Waymond who's capable. <laughs> sexy but he's the sexy one that's capable and knowledgeable <laughs> and very forthcoming when it comes to saying exactly what he wants and communicating clearly and um and 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 like and and she and and Michelle Yo Evelyn is very much like yeah, I'm, this is a bit of me. I like this. And it's it's so it's it, the movie is literally saying it's possible for these two. These two work. Yeah but just not in the beaten down circumstances that they find themselves in. And one, one thing I think communicates that so fucking well um, is there's, I, I don't even know if I'd call it like a motif. I think it's just a subtle, subtle focus in on certain distinct moments. 
um, is Evelyn's wedding ring features quite a lot in this. Um, and from a from a point of the fir- the first scene where she accomplishes the fight, she verse jumps for the first time, um, and it's when Jamie Lee Curtis is doing the world's slowest fucking drop kick to her, um, <laughs> and she and she's able to tap into the kung fu Evelyn um, and and take those skills. Um, she protects Waymond, and it's and it's instinctive, and it's the pressure of Waymond being in trouble that I think allows her to just get over the mental barrier of this is fucked. It's right. more just, I'm going to protect him. And then you realize it's kind of a bit more complex than that because she holds her hands up as if to say, like, I was capable of that. I was able to end that fight with just a simple Kung Fu move that I didn't know. And the, <gasps> and there's there's almost there's almost a, a tiny focus pull to the wedding ring and then to Wayman's right. face. Oh my God. And you, and you, you get that moment. Oh. But, then she, but then she... Whilst you're focusing on the wedding ring, she then turns it. The wedding ring is obscured from the shot and she's acknowledging her hands. And then the next thing she wow. says to him is something along the lines of, I saw my life without you. I wish you could have seen it. It was perfect or something along those lines. <laughs> and and just, just the notion of my life is so much better without you. I wish you could have seen it. I wanted you to share that experience with me. Oh, yeah. It's such a That's fucking, beautiful. like, it's a double negative, yeah. right? Like... Yeah, it's, it and it's oh, it's it's insanely clever, and I just think that I love that. It's it's great, and I, there's there's another moment where the wedding ring comes back at some point. I, I made a note on it, but I've, this movie's a lot. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck it that is. note is. I, now. For me, yeah, the structure of the film for me is like uh, it goes from modernity to absurdity, mm. and then falls into toxic nihilism, and then the husband saves her with a true wisdom, and then she brings that back to joy. Yeah, that's the that's it's like four parts. Yeah. For me. Um, so next time you watch it, if you've, if you've only seen it once, people at home, just pay attention to that little arc and mm. see sort of how the movie transforms into different things. And then it, and then it ends in love and you're like, fuck. <laughs> you <know? laughs> it's, it's when, um, it's when she hugs him at the end. Um, the, the other time that there's a <gasps> prominent focus on the wedding ring is when Evelyn right. finally embraces Waymond. Um, and, yeah. and, and she's had it with her all along. Yeah. Yeah. Which is beautiful. That is lovely. And, and. And she sees two sexy Waymans. There are two sexy Waymans, <laughs> and the one that she ends up hugging and being with and spending the most time with in the universe that she chooses to sort of exist in is the mundane one, the boring, I, happy one. I think... See, I think... I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is the cynic in me, but sexy Wayman did die, to be fair. So she's stuck for choice at a certain that's point. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're right, you're right. Um, well, because she met sexy women, and then she met actual sexy women. Yeah, yeah. Then, hot then businessman she, Juan Carway <laughs> Wayman. She re- and then she realized at the end that um, sexy Wayman was there all along, um, and it's and it may, yeah. <laughs> maybe it, maybe it's being nice that's being sexy, and maybe that yeah <laughs> the, yeah this devolved into nonsense. Oh. Um, I think again, like I was saying, I think I don't think it's I don't think it's possible to sum up everything in this movie. Um, I guess I, I guess I wanted to ask you both what's 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 the best thing about this? What keeps you coming? Or what Nathan? What will make you revisit this? Ben, what did you find on a rewatch that 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 rocked your shit? Like what's 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 your highlights? Uh, um, well, what will make me watch it again is my obsessive need to understand things. So I'll just <laughs> I'll, I'll want to go back. Being and inscrutable try. is a virtue. Yeah. I'll I'll want to try and make sense of it and try and see if I can properly understand, follow, and figure it out. Um, probably won't be able to, but we'll we'll give it a good shot. So 
Yeah, I guess yeah. that's something. Um, I, do I do, do everything? Can I say everything? I don't know. I think I, well, the the main thing is kind of the the the, the hugs. Yeah. I would say maybe it's the hugs that really bring me in. That that it's it it focuses on this physical act mm. that that saves. It's a hug at the edge of the of reality. Mm. Each one of them, and the idea yeah. that 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 a, a hug that the turmoils we get into our interpersonal relationships feel like what is what we're going through. That that it can feel as if we're traveling through universes and fighting against a great evil bagel. And it's going to consume everything in reality. And unless we save this one person, that's that's the 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 weight, the, the way it um, uh, uh, analogizes the crushing weight of potential, almost losing someone, mm. and and the the feeling that you've saved the world when you when you don't lose them. Yeah, that 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 that's the beating heart of the thing, and and that that that's cinema to me is sort of <laughs> that feeling, you know. Also, Rakakuni. Yes, Rakakuni. Rakakuni as well. All right, Nathan, hit me with that theme, please. Another happy question. Right, what I do is I ask Nathan and now Ben, mm. who is here today, uh, a question pertains about the uh, it pertains to the thing that we're talking about. So today I ask them um, that in this we see a plethora of uh, multiversal skill sets and alternate selves, um, and I basically ask them. What is the most plausible, ridiculous scenario that I'm that they might find alternate versions of themselves doing, living? Yeah, who who wants to who wants to take it? I'll I'll go. Um, there is a version of me, I think, out in the multiverse that is uh, at this point a professional worship leader um, <laughs> at a church. Okay, a colleague who's, who's married, has kids, and is uh, living a quiet life. Uh, on the outskirts, uh, on the outskirts of Toronto, and all I do is just I, I I'm I'm like a church leader. That's definitely a. <laughs> okay. Is your? Okay. Just I never normally poke these. I like to accept them as they are, but I'm left with more questions. Um, is your? What what's the thesis of your church? Is it you know standard Christianity stuff? Uh, what what kind of? Yeah, like like I guess I guess base evangelical. Okay. Um, okay. You know. I like that. Go for it. Why not? Yeah, probably a Baptist worship leader. That's that's probably what I'd be. <laughs> okay, good. I'll come and visit you sometime in that multiverse, Ben. Sure. You can dunk. You can dunk me in a bath or whatever it is that they do. <laughs> uh, Nathan, how about you? Uh, in the vast plethora of the universe, the multiverse, sorry, where literally anything and everything is possible. The most absurd thing I could think of for myself is a reality where I enjoyed Top Gun Maverick. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Fuck you. Uh, so there we go. I like this segment, Nathan, and I think you found the ultimate way to... I I would be happy to never do another happy question again because you've soured it. It's become another was... miserable question now. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Hey, it's the multiverse. Anything can happen, and that's that's. I'll, I'll, I'll give a second answer to. to okay. I'll give a second answer to to sub. When I was a um, when I was, I think seven or eight, I had a best friend, and we talked about that we wanted to open a car dealership together. <laughs> we wanted to have a garage. So imagine me, muscly, and uh, greased up. Working on cars, and I don't know a thing about movies. That's, I, that's another version. 
I think that version of you is looking more like season one Walter White. Like yeah, like <laughs> wa- like washing cars, having a coughing fit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully without the lung cancer is what I'll say. <laughs> I hope that that's, that that's not the fate for you out there in the multiverse. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you like this new episode to go live every Friday at 10 a.m., you can give us a little review. Give us a little five-star review. Let us know you like it. You can also follow us. Um, we are on social media. We're on TikTok, Instagram, and um, Twitter at another happy pod. Give us a little follow there. Tell us what episodes you want to see us do. We'll most likely ignore those requests, but we like the engagement anyway, so that'll be fun. Next week, <laughs> we're going to be doing this. Why did you write that? I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? John, Paul, George and Ringo, the Beatles. Which Beatles is this? The insect Beatles or the car Beatles? The pop group Beatles. Nick, help me out here. Um, woohoo! The Beatles movie. We're going to be doing Stop that. Stop doing that, that! Stop doing that! You always it's do that! The, I know, look, it's the tease. <laughs> I like to explain the tease in case they don't know. You and don't to be need fair, to that's explain obs- it. That's the point of the tease. You don't need to yeah. explain it. If they don't they, know, that's on them. Right, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Also, listen to Still Got Legs every Monday, 10 a.m. Oh, yes, <gasps> that's true. Oh, still Got Legs. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.